Today on Podcast by the Bay. The major problem is the availability of assault rifles and guns that people are getting. And some of the people that are getting these assault rifles have issues of mental health. And one, they should have never been in their hands. I'm a strong believer that we need to eliminate the automatic weapon. Part two of our discussion meetup series regarding gun violence. And so I think with these programs that, you know, that you talked about, Carla, and other things that are going on in the schools, the more mm-hmm. the kids start to communicate, then, you know, if there is a kid who isn't quite, you know, up to that, or they're, they're exhibiting some behaviors that maybe need a little bit more attention, that might be a, a red flag, you know, then that'll be more noticeable. All on a live recorded broadcast on today's episode of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at HighwaySoul.com and in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.liberty-realty.com Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. And now, another Podcast by the Bay. All right. Well, today on Podcast by the Bay, we're going to feature part two of our discussion meetup series regarding gun violence. And in part one, as you may remember, we talked about a lot of the issues and what were some of the core issues that really are bringing people to violence. Why are actually people uh, violence? What, what does this come to? How did we get to this point? And so we actually dive into that. And if you haven't heard part one, definitely go back and check it out because it's very insightful. Well, I'm really excited to present part two. Part two is about solutions. It's about practical solutions. It's about things we can start doing right now. It's about how we can look to our future. Yes, we want our government to change. Yes, we want things to happen. But we look at all these solutions and we bring it to the table right now. We're going to have an expert panel here. We're going to have our panel here to really talk about these issues and to really uh, come up with some interesting solutions. So I think it's a good place to start. We actually need to hear this uh, as a society. We need to leverage our thinking, and I think that's what we're doing here on a discussion meetup series. So we're really pleased to present this. We're excited, and I really hope you enjoy part two of the gun violence series. And if you have any questions, you have any feedback, please reach out to us, podcastbythebay at gmail.com. You can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcastbythebay, and you can follow us on there. And yes, please reach out to us. We're happy to, 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 to get this out on the table. We're happy to discuss this. So yes, all right. Stay tuned and enjoy this. All right. What are we going to do? I mean, how do we really even approach a, a solution for something like this? What do, we, what do we need to do? Well, you know, I, I, I think we, we, first of all, as a society, have to get all this stuff off the news. We perpetrate people that are on the edge uh, to be copycats and try to one-up something. 
Um, I, I'm pretty sure if you study the analysis of these people that are committing these mass uh, shootings, um, they pretty much have the behaviors that some of the people on this uh, discussion have talked about, domestic violence. Mm -hmm. uh, they were victims. Uh, um, they came from broken families. But I, I think um, those broken families and those problems of abuse were there a long time ago. The major problem is the availability of assault rifles and guns that people are getting. And some of the people that are getting these assault rifles have issues of mental health. And one, they should have mm -hmm. never been in their hands. I, I'm a strong believer that we need to eliminate the automatic weapon. The automatic weapon and the uh, assault rifle should be banned in every state across this country. And I think we need to deal with mental health. We have failed mental health. Um, and, and and a lot of times it's it's social issues too, whether it's uh, economic conditions, uh, whether somebody is, is is brought up and is a single uh, single parent family. I would imagine most of the uh, most of the people that committed some of these crimes um, are all from families uh, with issues of domestic violence, all issues with with single parents. So I I, I think we we really need to to a deal with mental ill mental mental health. As we realize, uh, we've all done a much better job that we realized preschool, and I know Chelsea would chime in, preschool is very, very critical for kids nowadays because they are, uh, are needing that support so that when they do go to school, they have some skills of communication with other children. Uh, I was going to say, uh, we kind of uh, hinted on one of the solutions as, as well because um, we were talking about rejection. Um, what we need to be able to teach people is how to deal with rejection and failure uh, mm -hmm, instead mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. just pushing it away and saying, oh, yeah, everyone deals with that stuff differently. It's like, no, we need to be able to help them to cope with knowing when, um, like, a failure or rejection, actually you can improve on yourself and then be able to um, have a solution for that. Um, and I think that's that's one of the things that we need to be able to teach kids when they're younger, so that when they grow up, they they know how to deal with it. Yeah, I think totally agree. Go ahead, Chelsea. Oh, um, well, I was just going to say um, the you know the supports in the the family or in the home, of course, are very important, but the supports in the school are are equally important, given that these kids you know are there most of the days, and so the things that are in place more and more, which is great, um, are things um, like the, the districts are participating in, you know, uh, regional safety coalitions where they're looking at lots of different factors and they have student resource officers available and we're, as districts, even though we're tight with money, trying to put back counselors and work on trauma-informed learning and allow discussion times for kids and, and try to, you know, have solutions where they can work together when they have disputes with with one another so that they can learn how to do that. So these are these are definitely initiatives that are in place in many, many schools. But again, it's you know, it's it's a it's a process and not not all the kids are as um, participatory or they're not all there all the time or, or other issues are there. So. You, you know, when you talk about support, I think that's very critical, especially as, as we look at what's going on. Uh, as far as the, the issue of changing our environment, I think definitely, you know, as far as 
some type of screening and the availability of guns and, and then it constantly being on the news, it's on the Facebook, it's everywhere. I mean, again, all this attention and media hype. Um, I think one thing might help and that I've seen and I had a chance to participate in is called No One, No One Eats Alone. And it's a uh, social inclusion program that's being launched across the United States. And it's a partnership between the schools and uh, they'll bring in a sports celebrity that the kids look up to. And it's also the healthcare plan. And as these three entities come together, they, they, they sponsor these, these meetings. They're after school. I can remember when I grew up in Chicago, we had what was called social studies. <laughs> can you imagine that? <laughs> social studies after school. That. You had that too, my friend. I had it in Chicago. And, uh, you know, you stay in the school as a kid. You don't go home. So at 3.30, I would stay there to maybe 5.30 at night. And they had all the classrooms, little things you could do. You could either play games. You could add one with music and dancing. You could go to the gym and do your whatever there was happening there. And the teachers would stay after. And so we got to see Absolutely. our teachers in a social setting. And it was nice. And um, I know even when I moved to California, I really appreciated the comment about schools are a very important social support. When I moved here, I had nothing. Um, the furniture didn't arrive, so for a month I, we had a cardboard box for a table, and uh, we would sit on the concrete wall and watch the track cars drive by for entertainment, me and my, my son. <laughs> but you want to know what? I had no support. I didn't know how to get around. I was in a strange city, a different state. I had no money, just a credit card. I had to walk everywhere, and it was extremely eye-opening. And you know what I looked forward to? I would get on the city bus. And, and the bus driver was so friendly. I mean, he would smile, and it right made me on. feel good. It made me feel good. I felt like, I guess, you know, somebody out here, they, you know, I'm okay. Somebody likes you brought me. Up, you're, you're bringing up a real important point. And being in a, I've been in a classroom for about eight years. Um, and what you're talking about is a, is a life survival skill that a lot of these young people growing up today don't have or accept their phones and their computers. They don't have the life skills to go up and ask the bus driver, where do I need to go? They don't have the, the, the life skills or the confidence sometimes to uh, fill, out a, fill out an application for employment. So I, it, I think some of the skills for some of these young people of communication is really, really lacking. And we need to bring that back so they can not communication. only communicate with adults. Yes, communication, very important. <laughs> And, you know, when we talk about communication, it's not just asking directions, but to get to the point where when I'm vulnerable, it's mm -hmm. okay It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask. Absolutely. And, and, and it doesn't say anything. I'm not stupid because I don't, know how, I, don't, I don't know how much money I need. I don't have a change. I mean, I don't know where I'm going. I mean, I was pathetic. <laughs> but, but the point is, uh, this like no one eats alone. And in that program, other students are designated. They'll come up and they look for other kids who are alone. And they'll well, sit down and they, got, it's, we've it's, got, we've got to break that. On, yeah, I saw that on TV too. And I think what, what, what we're really accenting is, is we need more positive feedback than negative feedback. Yes. If 90% yes. if of the 99% of what we show uh, on the television is negative, people are going to feel negative. And not only the people that are on edge, 
the, the world's going to feel negative. So it, it's unfortunate that we've turned news into a reality show. It's unfortunate. My friend, well, sex well, and violence well, sells. It's going to be a tough one <laughs> to turn that one. But I think right. in real right. life, in real life, if we could just, just something as simple as when I go to the post office and someone behind me, you know, I don't know if it's because I'm a woman and he's a man, but he opens the door. I mean, it's like, thank you. I mean, how courteous, how kind. I mean, just these little attentions. You're walking down the street and someone smiles and says, good morning. I mean, these are little things. These are little things. Oh, I was going to say, I have to agree. I love this point that you're all making about communication. Because I think what I remember most about even when there's a something not in a school that's gone wrong and there's been a, a, you know, a shooting or something or something bad has happened that people say, oh, well, I didn't really know that person very well. And they were very quiet and they've never really talked to them. And so I think with these programs that, you know, that you talked about, Carla, and other things that are going on in the schools, the more the kids start to communicate, then, you know, if there is a kid who isn't quite you know, up to that, or they're, they're exhibiting some behaviors that maybe need a little bit more attention that might be a, a red flag, you know, then that'll be more noticeable. Um, right in terms on. I was curious, did, did you see that one example on TV with this one teacher? And I heard that she's retiring, which is too bad. But what she does in her classroom, she's a math teacher, she'd pass out these little pieces of paper and she'd have the students write, write down five people that you would like to do something fun with or be with. And she'd collect them all and she would see which student is not named. Which oh, student wow. is not wow. listed. That's and then the teacher, she it very indirectly now can find out which kids are being excluded. Right and she, now she goes out of her way to draw them in. You wow. see, that's, awesome. this, that's really cool. This is, a, you know, we all live together, and I have to ask the question, how much, how much do we care? And, and, and because we show we care by time and face-to-face -face interaction. I think you guys really highlight something. And I think this actually is something that every one of us, all the listeners out there, all the people listening to this podcast can start right now. Everybody can help with this process. Everybody, this is a very practical solution, which you, which you guys are discussing. We can all enable it. We can, we're enablers. We can actually go out and reach out to people. We can contribute to the, to the solution here. Because I think there's so much uh, frustration right now. There's so much people wanting to push change. And they're blaming the government. They're blaming the politicians. And, yes, there's due blame there. But what can we do as individuals? And here we have a solution. We have opportunity for every one of us to take ownership and to be the change. And so I think that's wonderful. I mean, you know, so I, I'm just recognizing that right now. So I just wanted to highlight the, 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 the genius because I think that, yes, there's government solutions, right? And, 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 and people want to see the politicians. So really should, should this be more a homegrown approach? I mean, should this be something where, a grassroots approach, or really should uh, the government really take ownership of this too? Or, well, Andrea, Andre, I've got to kind of interject because I think this is really the key. The power is in the young people themselves. I think the movement of the young people across this country, especially I heard, I saw some of the interviews of the kids at Sandy Hook that survived, 
And their thing, their message was really, really clear. We, meaning the young people, the the uh, the kids in high school, the kids that that that, that it affected, and and the kids that are affecting all over the country, they need to empower to realize that. Listen, it's been it's been thirty or forty years, and we haven't done anything. We have to listen to our children. Our children are telling us that we need to take control of this situation yeah. and make it a safer environment. And it's important that we empower the young people to hear their voices. Because someone was saying to me, well, I'm, I'm 18, I can get a gun, but I can't drink, and I can shoot somebody. <laughs> now think about what, the, what nope. the bad message that we're sending. I, I kind of want to state something, too, because one of the things that um, I think is going to be a problem with, with that solution is the introverts, right? Because if you're an introvert, you're not going to go out of your way to go to an event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'd be too scared to even attempt to even go there by yourself or even with somebody else because you're afraid that whatever's going to happen there, all eyes are on you and you don't want that. And sure. these people that are really doing this stuff, I think it's because they're afraid, right? What we talked about, right? Because then that fear draws them to a corner, but only those that want to have the attention and lash out, those are the ones you see. But the ones that really need the help, they're not going to come out and ask you for help. They're, you know what? What, you know, what they really need is that everyone, if you notice someone that is not talking to other people or not doing, not, not going with groups, is that they need to be able to have someone talk to them. And to we know that they belong. We have these, we have these uh, young people 20, 30, 40, and 50 years ago. The difference is real clear. We have assault and semiotic weapons that are available. We need to conquer that. That is the most important point, right, aside from this discussion of mental health. We need to take away those firearms. We need to make the availability of these firearms unavailable. This is really, really clear. Uh, I agree with th- those issues that we are having with young people, and I agree with your comment. Um, just trying to be friendly with them and bringing them in won't bring them in. But we're, we're making available assault weapons, semi-automatic weapons. We need to conquer that. We need to take and that away. These are weapons of war, too, right? These are not just the average person hunting for deer or, or whatever else. I mean, I think if you look at the their overall point. I mean, nobody's running around holding grenades, right? And there's a reason because of that. Not right? yet. And, <laughs> <laughs> well, ho- hopefully not. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's scary because this it's like it, because when because when people are only bump stocks, which are there's no point in the world for a bump stock besides you know modifying a weapon so to kill m- mass amount of people. It's just completely doesn't make any sense on any any sense. So. I think the, the, the reality is, yes, the, the accessibility of these, of these mass destruction weapons of war is just unacceptable on all, 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 right. all pieces. There's just no reason for anybody in this society. And anybody who says, anybody who says that, oh, well, guns don't kill people, but, but uh, you know, people kill people. But let me ask them one question. You know, well, you can say a car, you can, you can drive through a, through a bunch of people and, and hurt people, yes. What is the point of a car to to do that? 
No, a point of a car is to drive. The only purpose, the sole point of a gun is to kill. There's no other point of a gun. There's none. There's completely no other point but to do that. So when people say that argument, it doesn't make any sense to me. So anyways, um, I, I do want to ask one more uh, solution-based question. And I think this is something that because we are in a generation of technology, we're mm -hmm. in a generation of modernization. Everything's moving into electronic age. Everything's pushing. Where things are moving super fast. Social media can connect across the world in seconds. Can we leverage technology and data as a way to actually help solve some of these problems? And I wanted to ask, uh, you know, maybe Alvin, do you have any, you know, you know, ideas about that? Well, I, I think you gotta isolate down to potentially who might have these potential urges to to do that based upon um, their behavioral patterns. But when it comes down to it, um, we talked about it. It's whatever's triggering these people off is really what's really happening, and that can happen at any time. But um, substituting technology for what we should be teaching, I, I don't, I don't necessarily like. I'm a proponent for technology, but to substitute it for what we should be teaching people, I, I don't, I don't think that should be something we should be doing. Well, I, I think you're also bringing up a good point because there's a lot of people who try to use technology as a way, as a substitute for real life communication, right? And I think perhaps. you guys have all highlighted. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I say perhaps is, um, you know, I, I, you know, people who are introverted, or if there's fear, or if there's shame, you're not coming out and you're not talking. It's just that's just the way it is. However, I think there's a very good place for technology, and I know for myself, it came in extremely valuable. Uh, I was in a very abusive situation. I was uh, not living near my family. And um, so I actually stumbled upon a website. And um, it I couldn't believe my eyes. It was a licensed clinical psychologist. And you could type in a question and he would answer you. Mm. And I thought, oh, my goodness, it's safe. He has, he's, he sounds like he's credible. He knows what he's doing. And I was willing to listen to his advice. And I did uh -huh. type in my question, you know, and unfortunately I was with, in a relationship with someone who is in the, on the dark side and into all this spiritual stuff, spirits coming in and out and out of body. And, and, um, I was so thankful I did have a chance to talk to somebody. Because I didn't have any money. You illustrate a really important point here, and it's especially with the internet and the communication, that somebody may be able to go on the internet, but they may not be able to contact the right person that could help them. And they might take them in another direction that may not be healthy. That's right. Nemours, uh, I, was, I don't know if you're familiar with them, uh, but they actually have a website for troubled youth <laughs> and oh my it's youth it's youth who reach out to youth it's a very credible website there's a lot okay. of those that are popping up 
And they, they, ha- they even have contracted with doctors, psychologists, social workers, nurses. Oh. And so as a young person, if I come on their site, I can actually talk to someone who's going to tell it to me straight. I was kind of wondering if um, uh, if the government, because we have like nine one one and we have four one one. What if there was like a helpline for people oh, wow. that they can That's call, fabulous. and mm-hmm. then also have an online service, right? Because a lot of people don't want to, they don't know how to verbalize or articulate their words, but right. if they knew how to draw a picture wow. or or like type something you know, that, that expresses their that, emotion. That, you know, when you think about it, you have come up with a brilliant idea. When you think about it, we only have 911, which is celebrated its 50th anniversary, and 911 means emergency. 411 means information. Yeah. We need a number for help. Help. <laughs> like now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like Give it to I me. Like I really, really. Oh, my God. That is brilliant. That's brilliant. The only thing, uh, my friends, the only thing I've seen that even comes a little bit close is called Aunt Bertha. And that's what Aunt Bertha is. I don't know if you've ever used it, but you go under a website and you can get anything from A to Z. You type in your zip code and it pops up all the topics. You know, you want food, you want clothing, shelter, you want counseling, whatever. But don't forget that the... Schools themselves and the, the mandated reporters and the, all the people who are in our community, they're there to help a lot of these situations as well from the children's perspective and even from, you know, the young adults' perspective. So we, there are a lot of resources in place, a lot of 24-hour lines, lots of they things. They feel safe. Things. I think we need to have a better place to access them, which, um, you know, is it that, safe? that can be said for a lot of resources. Well, well, you know, oh, yes. one thing I, I mean, you know, give- for instance, you know, if you're here in the Bay Area and you need help, there's a number of uh, crisis lines through Children's Health Council and all, all mm-hmm. sorts of things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's just knowing um, that you can ask the questions like we were talking about before and be able to communicate that. I think that's really helpful. Um, but you know what, Chelsea, you bring up a real, you bring a that's from the adult perspective, and that's from the administration. Uh, I'm amazed, uh, being in, uh, in the uh, high school district for about eight years in the Sequoia High School, that they have social workers on staff, they have psychologists, they have, they have police right. officers, they have all these things. But They're the there. question is, how do, you, how do the students connect to these people, or do they Peers. connect to those people? You know? Well, I think they try to create an environment. Where no, 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 no. I'm not, no, yeah. no. I'm not knocking that. What, what I'm trying to come up with is so, a solution. You know, when we talk about leadership role, do we need to find those leadership children or high school students or middle school students mm-hmm. to be the anchor to be able to create that environment? Because the remember, we're, The bridge. Thank you. Thank you. The bridge. Because the, the people that are feeling outcast are feeling outcast for their peers, not for us adults. They're feeling mm-hmm. outcast among their friends. So somehow we need to empower the young people to create a bridge to the students that are having some issues. Champions for health. Get some peer-to-peer leaders. Right on. Champions for health. 
Wow, everybody. Well, this has been an incredible just discussion with everybody. Um, I think just everybody's insight and everybody's input as far as looking at the issues, really discussing it, and really coming up with practical solutions. I mean, things that we could actually take ownership today and even ideas for other things. So I, I think this has just been wonderful. And I really appreciate everybody joining the call, uh, Patrick and Alvin and Carla. And Chelsea, just really thank you guys for all your participation and dealing with the technical difficulties, but we got through it. And um, yeah, and I think if there's anything last you guys want to say, let's, let's go ahead and go around and we'll do one final thing. Uh, um, so uh, Alvin, do you have a, what's your final thought on the issue? I, I think that my final thought is that um, really even even without looking at kids, but really reach out to those people that really are introverts and to be able to just talk to them because you never know uh, what's going to happen with them in the future, but they seem to be the ones that and we need to reach out to. Nice, nice. And uh, so, uh, Carla? I'd like to kind of piggyback onto what Alvin said as far as reaching out, uh, just two thoughts, and that is empathy, um, showing, trying to be able to understand others and being able to share the feelings of that other person, regardless of where, where they are, just being able to connect because they do feel rejection. They do feel isolated. So if we can just just take the time to show empathy and uh, and the rest of the day, just make it our personal role to speak at least or to do at least three positives to get that positive energy, whether it be smiling, just giving someone a compliment, whatever. Well, well, that's, that's wonderful, Carla. We appreciate your feedback. And so Chelsea, any last thoughts from you? Um, well, my, I guess my parting thoughts would be, I, I definitely agree with everyone in terms of the systemic, you know, support of each other and the communication and listening to our children. Um, but the first and foremost thing in my mind is that we have to get these gun control laws in place. Um, we can't have, I think the statistic I saw was something like uh, 8 million AR-15s out on the street. This is not okay with me. Um, I feel like that has to be our, our focus. Um, and it's, at the same time, we need to do all these other things to support our kids and, you know, teach them how to be safe in their schools and, and everything else that we can do to manage the situation, but that's not going to solve it. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> no, we appreciate having you. Um, and so, Patrick, any last words from uh, your perspective? Well, in behalf of podcasts, by the way, I agree with everybody's comp, uh, comment, and I think it's really important that we get we get those assault rifles off the streets. Mm -hmm. There's no reason yes. why that we need to have assault rifles. It, it, it's at, in, in semi-automatic weapons. We need to get them off the streets, and we need to deal with mental health. Well said, Patrick. And you know, once again, thanks, thanks to everybody. And so I'll, I'll just say my, my final piece. And uh, I think I, I really enjoy your guys' points and your discussion. I think it's nice to hear the different perspectives. It helps me kind of 
uh, really understand things and, and really hear things that I would have not thought about just from, from myself, from my own perspective. Um, I agree that I think that it's just completely unnecessary on any sense for us to be having these kind of weapons that are just uh, these mass destruction weapons that can go and, and just destroy people. Um, I, I think that we have a cultural, uh, I think we have, I think it was brought up early on in our discussion about our society embraces, uh, you know, these weapons and, 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 and they embrace them in a way where they really feel that it's their right and it's, and it's, it's okay. And somewhere we've lost the, the really the balance between safety for our kids, safety for our society and really what I want. And I want this because I'm selfish and I want my thing because it's mine and I did it. If you can't control them, you've lost the rights. And I think that's where my issue comes from. Is mm. As a society, we've lost the right to own these types of weapons because we can't control ourselves. And we need to, with the politicians that are out there preventing this, with the, with the organizations that are preventing all this, there were studies done in the, in, the, in the 90s looking into this gun violence issue. And all the funding was completely eradicated and pulled and they wouldn't. They weren't able to use any kind of leverage. So, anyways, we can go on with the discussion. But I wanted. Really, I really want to say thank you to everyone. You guys, You're it's welcome. been a wonderful discussion, and really enjoyed it. And yes, we'll we'll we'll, we'll look forward to you know continuing on next time. So, with that, this is Andre, and this is Patrick. Thank you. My podcast by the Bay.
Thank you for listening to another podcast by the Bay. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at highwaysoul.com and in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.liberty-realty.com Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. All material is property and copyrighted by Podcast by the Bay, but does not necessarily reflect the views of Podcast by the Bay. For sponsorship opportunities, please contact us by email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Stay tuned.